It's Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show, Studio 22. Let's party. Let's let's get it on. Let's have at it. There's so much stuff in the news. Honestly, Brandon, George, I feel like I have not been in here a month. I think that's because we taped early last week, but I'm going to get right into it. I don't know if you guys even know who Peter Hotez is, but Joe Rogan last week had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his show. And of course, RFK Jr. Uh, was appointed by Trump to uh, kind of kind of be an overseer of, of a committee in regarding vaccines. He consistently called out Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. He has continually been outspoken against just these vaccines run amok. And I love the fact that now on this show we can actually use the word vaccine without calling it the jab or the blah, blah, or whatever it is we've called it in the past. We can actually say the word vaccine right now. We don't know how much longer you could say it, but RFK Jr. has come out consistently against that. And I appreciate his stance on that. Now, again, in an honest, topical conversation, believe it or not, it's okay for two men on a podcast that's heard even by millions upon millions of people to have an honest conversation on a topic without having to be a doctor, without having to be a virologist, without having to be an expert in any certain field. You're just asking questions. You're putting out information that you've studied and you've researched in the case of RFK and Joe Rogan, who's sitting back asking questions. Now, a former guest on Joe Rogan's podcast has been Peter Hotez, okay? Peter Hotez has been very outspoken for the vaccines. In fact, he, he wants you getting shots today. He wants you jabbed up. He wants you to look like you went into acupuncture. I mean, this guy wants all the juice flowing through you. Now, this is the same guy. And I wish we had the clip for it, but it's, it's long and you'll have to go look it up. But if you've seen the clip of Joe Rogan's interview with Peter Hotez, where he's talking to this guy about how unhealthy his eating habits are, how he, quote, tries to work workout how he tries to walk or run and joe rogan's just clowning this guy the entire time so here's a guy where if you see him and i don't even know if we have a picture of the dude but but he's not he's he's just an average joe okay he's just a dude that you would expect pasty mealy white academician a guy that you would expect to be sitting in an academic bubble pushing papers around for 30 years and every now and then he comes out and exposes his skin to the sun that's peter hotez right there on the right side of the screen uh don't even confuse that with the brown skin in the middle that is the pasty white right there on the right and and there's a guy i mean this guy i'm he's the picture of health right he wants to tell you all the crap you need to be putting inside of your bodies this is why for years i've said don't even send your kids to college anymore don't send them because that's what they're going to be putting up with These guys who have never tested their wild-eyed, wild-ass theories in the real world, but yet they want to brainwash your kids into believing an ideology, a narrative. And that's what this vaccine worship has become. It has become an ideology. It's become a religion. I said this years ago when we started all the mask nonsense and the social distancing and the stay at home and the quarantining and all of these things that just shut our world down. I said it is the religion of safetyism. The mask is, is a talisman. You know who is worshiping at the altar of safety by who's wearing their damn mask. And now it's the vaccine. Have you gotten it? Have you not gotten it? That pressure will continue to keep up. I remain unvaccinated. Pure blood getting the vasectomy reversed. My sperm will be the new Bitcoin. I demand to deliver it to you the old-fashioned way manually. It's not coming to you frozen or in a tube. It's coming to you in me. How about that, Brandon? That's a sales pitch. 
But I believe we're going to see some things in the years to come. In the years to come, you're going to see two things happen. I was thinking about this this morning, Brandon. In, in another generation or two, they're going to look back on, on 2023, and they're going to say to us, they're going to say, why didn't you do more to stop this shit? Why didn't you do more to stop the vaccine being pushed? Because now we're seeing all these people that are injured and dying. Mark my words. If you're still around in 20 years, 30 years, they'll be asking the questions. Why didn't you do more to stop it? They'll be saying the same thing about the transgender issue as well. That's even though that's a different topic. They'll be asking the same questions because these kids that were put on puberty blockers and were put under all of these uh, hormone therapies as well as going under the knife for, for, you know, gender mutilation. In 30 years, when the results come in and we have a decimated society from these ideologies which were pushed on people that medically uh, re-engineered them, they're going to look back at our generation and say, why didn't you do more? See, right now you're saying, shut up about it. Shut up about it. We don't want you to say anything else. I will not shut up about this. Refuse to, because I'm pissed off and this is nonsense. So, Hotez, back to my point, called out RFK Jr. and said, he and Rogan are just a pile of misinformation. And everybody jumps on them and says, you know, you got Joe Rogan who was pushing for ivermectin and horse dewormer and all this shit. And, and these guys are just, what, so what point are we going to censor them, stop them, deplatform them, get rid of them for misinformation? And so it was very simple. Joe Rogan said, let's handle this the old-fashioned way. We can't, I can't slap you in the face with, a, with a, a leather glove and challenge you to a duel tomorrow. Let's be gentlemen. And you've both been on my show. Let's have a debate. It's very simple. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. versus Peter Hotez. Now, Peter Hotez, and if you, if you think, of, now, you can look him up all you want on the Wikipedia or whatever. Um, I, he's, he's an American scientist. I'm going to use these in quotations. A pediatrician. He's an advocate. An advocate in the fields of global health, vaccinology, and neglected tropical disease control. He's an advocate. Doesn't mean because you're, you're an advocate for something that you're an expert on something and but they're putting him up there like he's some high up accomplished scholar in a medical field and they're saying you should not go on and debate robert f kennedy jr because that is beneath you how dare you condescend to a politician or or a person who's outspoken sounds like an advocate to me don't condescend to them because in the name of science you need to stand your ground well they doubled down joe rogan said here's what we're going to do I'm going to offer $100,000 to the charity of your choice, Peter Hotez, if you will come in and you will debate RFK Jr. Now, you say it's misinformation. Come on, I'm offering you $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit. I'm salivating at the opportunity here. I'm looking at this and I'm going, hell yeah. Well, that number, Brandon, has now gone up to $2.5 million. I, by the way, donated 10. 10 <laughs> whole we want that noted, by the way. You know, I would like to have an asterisk <laughs> by the number. Yeah. You know, and so when you come down in the footnotes, you see all these big names down there in Chad Prather. Yeah. $10. Don't spend all that in one place, Hotez. <laughs> but if you got, let me tell you something. If you offered me $2.5 million to come on and debate, I would debate as to why you should cut your balls off, okay? I would like completely do whatever you want me to say. I am that big of a puppet. Put your hand up my ass. I would do it. But no, 
2.5 million dollars is not enough for hotels because science is so precious the religion of safetyism must be protected and guarded at all costs the bottom line is he's a grifter and he knows that his scam is going to be exposed if he goes on with rfk he knows that he'll be exposed don't give me that bullshit about joe rogan being uh, unbiased and all that every debate in the world i mean my god have you seen uh, any of the debates the presidential debates in history they they always have a biased moderator i believe joe rogan could do it i believe he could do it just let him ask the questions and let's go at it but peter hotez knows that the grift will be up the jig will be up he can't continue to do that and then go on and have the whole thing exposed because guess what his profit making his money making advocacy goes down the toilet real quick see we're in we're living in a unique time right now. The mainstream media and all the tyrants out there, whether it's educational tyranny, judicial tyranny, governmental tyranny, uh, medical tyranny, corporate tyranny, list them. All the tyrannies out there, they used to be able to lie to you and it stuck. It stuck. So they could tell you that Donald Trump was guilty of Russian collusion. And then it took two years and $30 million of investigation to try to figure that out. And you still held on to the lie saying, he's a Russian spy and all this crap. And then you wanted, then, then it took the Durham report to say it was all a hoax. And it, again, there's people still out there still saying, oh, no, he's up Putin's ass because he's, he's a Russian, you know, he colluded with Russia. He's, he's a plant. All right. They trust in you and your ability to close your mind, not think critically, and to uh, believe the lie. But that gap is starting to narrow, and here's why. They overplayed their hand. They have now told us so many damn lies and called so many of us conspiracy theories, and at this point we're batting at least 900, maybe 1,000. Because if it smells conspiracy theory to me, I'm calling it out at this point, and they can't make the lie stick anymore. So they're peddling this crap out so much, and guess what? We're calling it out to the point where even Elon Musk went on there and said, I'm in for this shit. <laughs> Wasn't Elon's direct quote, but he basically said, come on, do it. He said he's afraid of a public debate because he knows he's wrong. Now, don't forget, Elon Musk is not anti-vax. He's vac actually very pro-vaccine. He's outspoken on that. In fact, if you were to read that thread, I'm sure you have at this point, he goes on to say he is pro-vaccine. But when Elon Musk sits there and says, hey, uh, you're afraid to do this? I mean, do you not have any testosterone left inside of you to say, you know what, I've been challenged? I've been challenged, so I'm going to go in. I'm going to stand up for all the things that I've claimed were true for all these years. And if it's true, why are you scared of it? If it's true, you should be able to back it up. If it's true, you should be able to bring the statistical data. But they don't want you to see the statistical data. In fact, it's funny how a lot of the statistical data these days are starting to disappear. People are going back looking for it and saying, hey, you know, we had all this data about all these things that were going on connected to the vaccine. Where is that now? And they're like, oh, shit, that file got lost. Very convenient, huh? Very convenient. It's almost like when Joe Biden gets accused of $10 million in bribery and the next day they indict Donald Trump. But we see through it. We see through it, man. The smoke and mirrors. You guys have overplayed your hand. So I'm here for it. My $10 is up. I'll double it to 20. I'm telling you, I'll take it up to 20. I want to see this debate. I might vote for RFK. I don't know. At this stage in the game, I don't know. I love pissing you guys off when I say stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Peter, Peter Hotetz, he's a self-described internationally recognized physician scientist in neglected tropical diseases and vaccine development. Funny, did you guys, was he like a household name? Like Fauci's a household name. Did I miss something, Brandon? 
Was Hotez a... I mean, I remember him on Rogan, but outside that, I mean, I don't watch MSNBC, so I guess yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see him. But I figure they're just rolling this guy out because Fauci's no longer cool. <laughs> well, again, it goes back to my point. He's been debunked to yeah. death. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, hey, I'm here for this debate. I want to see it happen. And uh, we'll hold our breath and see what's going on. Um, but I'm going to think that this guy is going to not go on that debate. No. Not going to go on that no. debate. Well, and some of the deflections he's hinted at is basically saying, I don't want to go on because I might look stupid without saying that out loud because that's the case. Well, to your point, when he was on Joe Rogan's show before, he already looked stupid. Yeah, he looked terrible. Because he kept saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I try to exercise every day. And Joe said, you try? You know, I mean, Joe is a, is a specimen, right? Oh, health freak, yeah. And so he's like, what do you mean you try? Yeah. You, you, there's either you do it or you don't. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really try to do it. When Rogan got him on the uh, the junk food was my favorite part about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So he already knows he's going to look like a fool. But what I get a kick out of is the re-rees on Twitter saying, don't you do it. Don't you dare get our idol next to a fire. It might burn up. It's a moneymaker, I'll tell you that. All right, hey guys, uh, since the early days of Blaze TV, we've been fortunate to work with the team over at Relief Factor. At the time, they brought an unknown anti-inflammatory to the marketplace that they had tested in their hometown of Seattle, and it had shown a remarkable ability to reduce pain for many different types of chronic ailments. It's Relief Factor, and I love it because it's an all-natural alternative to pain medications that I trust to keep me pain-free. Inflammation is not only the chief cause of pain, but it's also a factor in many other diseases, and I feel better that Relief Factor is always working to keep our inflammation markers in check. There are hundreds of thousands of people who order Relief Factor every month and about 70% reorder it because it actually does work. And you can get a trial pack right now for $19.95 and uh, just see if it'll reduce your pain. Go to relieffactor.com to order it or you can call them up at 800, the number four Relief Factor. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. We'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. You know, you've heard me talk for a long time now about parallel economy. What is that? Well, that is when you get sick of the vanguards and the black rocks of the world and the World Economic Forum telling you who, who you can shop with, how you can spend your money, what you can do, run your business, all of these different things. When you get tired of the, the medical and corporate tyrants out there telling you you have to shut your business down or Hollywood preaching to you or, or Nashville or L.A. telling you what music you're allowed to listen to. And if you go outside of those boundaries and you're going to be in trouble and you're going to get canceled and therefore we got crappy music we got horrible movies you can't even watch a kid's cartoon anymore without woke ideologies being crammed down your throats with everything from a pride agenda to you know trans issues or just you know complete and total disrespect to american society and culture and our values so I, for one, have tried for a long time to put my money where my mouth is and try to build businesses that go along with a parallel economy, one that fits your values, one that, you know, helps speak your language. Joining me on the couch is two very eloquent gentlemen that I want you to know. One you already know, Brad Skistimus from Five Times August. Welcome back. Is, is this four times or five times? I feel like this is four. So next Feels time, like five to me. Next Brad. time, five times August, five times appearance. <laughs> That's what I always right. say. Does it yeah. feel like four or five? Because yeah. I think it's five, you know? And she's like, it's Whatever totally three. feel like it totally is. Three, four totally three. Four identify three. as five nowadays. It's but you, you've got good stuff coming out. Some more stuff coming out. We're going to talk about that in a minute. My good, good buddy, Chris Wallen. Now, Chris Wallen, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Chris is a multi-platinum songwriter, Nashville. Actually writes country music. We could list off uh, a long list of your hits, dude, and everybody would go, oh, yeah, oh, Kenny Chesney didn't write that? No, no, he didn't. 
He didn't. That is from the majesty in the mind, which is Chris Wallen. Chris is significant to Brad and me right now because we've been visiting with, with him and some of his business partners for a while now on a new record label out of Nashville. Yeah. Tell me what's going on with that deal. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is it kind of all started years ago. I don't even know if I told you the story or not, but about six or seven years ago, I had this um, this money guy, and we were going to do a – I had this idea, this conservative record label, mm-hmm. and bringing traditional values back to country music. And we ended up, I, you know, I was going to do this uh, this huge project called Poets and Patriots. I had I had uh, my buddies, uh, a lot of a lot of country singers, you know, that was ready to be involved in a, a, a it was a, a charity for soldiers and and uh, this whole thing. And about eight months into it, my money guy pulled out. I hate when that happens. And just kind of left me there, and then. A year or two went by, and then COVID happened, and and uh, I had a call, a buddy. Fast forward about six years later, and I had a buddy of mine call and said, "Hey, I have a, I want to have a meeting with you about a meeting I want you to have." <laughs> I said, okay, we'll pre-meet, you know. So we ended up, you know, there. Uh, these guys wanted to start this. He goes, I know it's crazy. Uh, he goes, nobody's ever done it. It's a conservative record label. And I was like, Wow. He and he had no idea that I had, you know, started anything before or had any ideas about it. So I already had, you know, had a lot of ideas of my own. Yeah. So next thing you know, I'm coming on as head of A and R and creative and, uh, uh, you know, a partner. And we're gonna we're gonna now we're on Music Row and that's just, awesome, dude. You know, uh, trying to we're, trying to build an infrastructure, you know, to, and, and it's based records, B A S T E, yeah. not B A S E D. Uh, it's a little play on words right mm-hmm. there, but again, based in the sense that we're not apologetic. Going to write the music you want to write, right, put the stuff exactly. out there, kind of stuff that I've used to tell jokes for years, and kind of stuff Brad's done to really put a message out there. We were down in Austin to, together a couple of weeks ago. Brad, you were there. We were there for a meeting that you guys had put together, kind of a minds meeting down there mm-hmm. with a lot of, a lot of thinkers and talkers and you know intellectuals and a little bit of music and stuff. And uh, you guys were able to connect and have build a little bit of a relationship. What do you guys have going on? Because I read a little press clipping the other day that says y'all got something going on. Yeah. On. Yeah. On. Well, you know, I've been an independent artist since I started Five Times August back in. I was right out of high school, 2001. So five times August has been around for, you know, 20 plus years. Yeah. And it's been a long journey, but I always stayed on the outskirts of the mainstream music markets sort of just doing my own thing. Um, and uh, you actually, Chad, put me in touch with these guys. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking and I was learning about what they were doing. We met in Austin and uh, got to know them, where their heart is, what they want to do. And... Um, I think Chris described it perfectly as saying they're sort of the anti-label label. Mm. And I thought if I'm going to work with a label, I would love to work with the anti-label label, yeah. especially <laughs> at this point in time, because I feel like what we're at a pivotal moment in the culture war where it's time to really start making moves. And that's what these guys are doing. And so that's why I thought it'd be great to partner with them. Um, 
uh, and see what we could do together. So we're going to put out a song um, in a few months from now and uh, see how it goes. And, and uh, It's a process. I mean, you know, I, I said to my old manager out in Hollywood years ago, I said, is there a chance to reclaim Hollywood? He said, absolutely not. And this is a guy that's been in the game for 50 years. He said, absolutely not. It's dead. You can't, you can't ever knock that wall down anymore. We tried. We tried. Uh, I think the true... I think it's true when it comes to Nashville too, um, yeah. it, and or any any record industry, whether you want to take L.A., New York, mm-hmm. Nashville, whatever. Um, it's hard to break through that deal. But what's the what's the solution there? Well, the solution is doing things different. Yeah. Then uh, because there's such an antiquated business model right now in, in the music business that um, you know that people like based records is going to kind of break apart a little bit mm-hmm. and, and do things different. And, and basically what we want to do is provide a, a counterculture against cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. And if we build, if we build an infrastructure of, of people who, you know, uh, who, who believe in what we're doing, they can't cancel us because we're not getting anything from them. Yeah. And a key there, and I said that I ranted on it last week on the show, is I said it takes money, right? It, yeah. Money money is the deal. Um, everybody's like, oh, you're always doing these things to try to make money or raise money. Yeah, that's right, because it takes money to do these things that you say are your values. And if we're going to – so so I'm sitting here saying, you know, here's three men right here who are actually, at least in the entertainment industry – because I could have shut up about politics a long time ago, had a comedy career. I could have been writing sitcoms, starring in sitcoms in L.A. I could have done all that stuff, but I chose conviction, right? right. You guys do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I get lost in Brad's blue eyes. I mean, that guy, he, he's got a modeling career <laughs> oh, if man. you ever don't yeah. want to do music. It's hard not to gaze. I can't mm-hmm. stop looking oh, at it. Oh, my God. Oh, that's real nice <laughs> you know. of you. Where's, where's the camera? There it is. There it is. Give me my close-up. I'm ready for it, Mr. DeMille. Um, you, you, started writing, you started writing songs, Chris, in, in Nashville around the time the Lord was crucified. Yeah. Right? Uh, Been a while. Moby Dick was just a minnow. <laughs> and, but, yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, my mother made a record in Nashville when I was seven years old, and we lived on top of a bar on Broadway yeah. called The Turf, and Mom sang there at night, and, you know, that was my first taste in Nashville, and I ended up moving back home, and I moved back again right after high school, ended up working for a bail bondsman doing skip tracing at 18 years old finding fugitives i was scared to death as you should have been (laughs) yeah and uh that guy about got us killed so i ended up moving back home again and then you know i uh, about 25 years ago i ended up moving for the last time to nashville from east tennessee Mm -hmm. and ended up you know knock on wood getting uh you know getting some hits and, and number ones and and put you on the spot what was the first number one song you remember the first for, one yeah the first number one song this is an interesting story i actually i was at this old car show in gatlinburg tennessee yeah and uh we were looking around these old cars and i was wishing i had one you know and i've always wanted an old car and we were walking around and something was telling me not to buy one 
and that was my wife. She was behind me. <laughs> Tell me you better Voice not. Of the Holy Spirit in your you wife. Better not. Synonymous. Yeah. And I get a phone call that you know was basically the phone call every songwriter wants to get. That tells told me that my song "Something to Be Proud Of" from Montgomery Gentry. Yeah. Was going to go number one that Just, next week. And I drove home in a 1966 Chevelle Supersport. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you like a That's big awesome. pimp. Uh, it was in the shop for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. <laughs> I love that song, Something to Be Proud Of. I, I love that song. I still can't sing it because you wrote that. That's a hard song to sing, dude. There's a lot of words mixed in that thing. It it's, is, yeah. And But, you know, they, they actually they actually sang it a little faster than what we wrote it. Yeah. It's in more of a mid-tempo. Yeah. I've gotten it. to a point, I've heard enough of your songs, I've gotten to know you well enough. Like every now and then, like leaving dinner or something, you'll mm-hmm. mention a song. You know, when I wrote such and such, and I was like, you wrote that? And I was like, because it may be, it might have been a number one, it might have just been, a hit's a hit. I mean, if it's on, and it's getting charting and it's doing well, and I'll be like, dang, that's Chad, a Chris Wallen song. I always write hits, it's just sometimes the S is in the wrong place. <laughs> sometimes at the beginning of the word. Yeah. But... I starting I'm, as you and I get to know each other. I start listening to things. And I was like, you know what? I think that might be a Chris Wallen song, and I'll go look it up because you do have a certain way, right? Everybody does, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is, is um, for me when I first started, it, it was like everybody. I, I wrote by myself for a long time. You yeah. know, uh, before I moved to Nashville, I, I never co-wrote a song, and in nashville that's kind of the thing you know so so i got to co-writing and everything but it's important to find your voice as a songwriter like what you bring to the table and what you do and um so i you know for me i come from a small town and and a lot of characters your your life is a country song yeah basically yeah and i you know there's there's just so many characters and everything that you meet Mm -hmm. along the way and i you know uh, if if some of those characters knew that I actually <laughs> put them in songs, they probably want some money. Up. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> Funny how that works out. We're going to go to break. And we're going to come back. I'm excited about the deal you're doing, Brad, with uh, Based. And, um, you know, so if you guys want to Google a little five times August and Based Records, B-A-S-T-E, Based Records, you'll read the press release. And there may be some more press releases coming up. Never can tell. In the days ahead. Who knows? Who knows what we'll be talking about in in the days to come. All right, we're going to come back and get some perspective from these boys. But first, I want to tell you about a product that I love. I was actually on their website earlier doing a little research because I actually have uh, some Jace cases from Jace Medical, and I love it. It's uh, it's your prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of an emergency. So it covers a whole bunch of medications. And so let's say you've got cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, or blood pressure, mental health, a whole lot more. And these medicines, they're made in China and India. So if things go south, and they tend to do that, guess who's going to take care of themselves first before they start shipping that medicine to America? So you must buy this. You need it for your family prepared. Preparedness. And uh, your order will be reviewed by a certified healthcare professional to be delivered to your door. And uh, we had Sean Rowland, who founded Jace Medical, on here. And he said, you know, being prepared medically is much more than just having access to antibiotics and stuff like that, which they offer that, too. He goes, because, you know, you, you realize that this stuff's made overseas. You need to have some peace of mind that's gained by having the long-term supply of vital medications. And I'm telling you, the importance of that cannot be overstated. So for your sake and your family's sake, you need to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com. 
Chad.com, enter code C-H-A-D, I spell it Chad, at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Chad at J-A-S-E-Medical.com, and we'll be right back. Let's stick with this conversation for another minute. So we've had our friend Bryson Gray. I mean, he's killed it in the rap world of, I mean, Bryson blows my mind with the stuff he comes up with. And then boom, all of a sudden it's number one. It's outperforming Adele and whoever else, you know. Uh, Jeffrey Steele has written umpteen thousand number one songs in Nashville. Just, you know, his little group of people that came out with 81 million votes my ass. And that thing hit number one. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a major thing, and it can be done. And most people say, "Oh, you guys are just going to be marginalized." It can be done. I agree. I think that, and I think people are starving for real music that that actually is is something they believe. And now, it, yeah. it's it's become it's it's just become this whole thing that is is shoved down your throat these days yeah. of you know uh LA and you know uh, Nashville's never been more LA than it is right now it's and there's terrible. some great people don't get me wrong yeah. i know amazing artists and songwriters in Nashville that that just man just mouth droppingly good yeah but the major labels it's it's a wall because they can't you know, you're not going to be able to get something by them that is real, that is for, you know, people like your audience that that actually want to hear things that, you know, that yeah. they believe in. Well, I've said for a long time, the best the best singer or the best musician in Nashville is probably waiting tables somewhere, mm-hmm. but they can't break through. Brad, you took that independent artist deal. That's a hard road to go because a lot of people are still believing in the old paradigms. I got to move to Nashville, got to move to Austin, got to move to one of these places, L.A., and then I've got to, you know, got to be there to be serious about it. I know a lot of people in Nashville say, well, if you're not moving to Nashville, you're not serious about it. But I don't think that's true anymore. What have you found? Well, I think you can be anywhere these days. I mean, we live in the technology age, so you can record a song out of your bedroom that can go to number one these days. But um, I think Chris is absolutely right. Like one of the things that I've discovered over the last you know couple of years with with this cur- current group of songs that I've put out is that people are starving for something real. I mean, yeah. that's what my album was was songs recorded out of my bedroom because it was just the most real, honest, raw thing I could give people because yeah. I felt like that's been missing. You know, something that came from in my heart that I, I didn't sit down and go, well, I've got to write a whole bunch of songs that are you know, anti-COVID tyranny and or whatever. They that was what was on my heart and mind. I was like, was is nobody gonna sing about this? Yeah. And so when I took that, you know, crossed that line, I didn't know who was gonna agree with me. Yeah. So it was surprising to see, you know, initially you get that wave of people that are like, I can't believe you would say that or sing about that. But then you start to see this whole ocean of people that are just waiting to hear you say these things, to yeah. say something that's true. Well, I, I said for years, I used to sit in my truck and give these rants, still do them every now and then. But people say, and I was like, you know, people were like, oh, thank you so much. I was like, for what? And they're like, you're saying the things we can't mm-hmm. say. Right. Like, right. we want to put those words out there. And maybe we have a job that we want to keep and we, we're not allowed to say these things publicly. And you're saying those things. And I think comedy does that. I think music does that. Um, film can do it. But eh, that's that's a hard one these days. It really takes a lot yeah. to get behind that because there's so many moving parts. Um, music can still be simplified a little bit, you oh, know. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I always say too. Even you know, 
in in the songwriting world, there are songs that there's songs that I've written that have never been cut that are my favorite songs. Right. Any songwriter usually their favorite songs have never you know have never really been out there because um, it's actually what yeah we feel and 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 there's no it it wasn't by committee yeah and there's mm-hmm. a lot of songs out there that you hear right now that were written and recorded by committee mm-hmm. because it, it just happened to be hey this for this demographic it has to be this and and it didn't come from and what brad was saying about you know him just just kind of coming out of him because that's what he believed that's called being an artist yeah mm-hmm. i don't want my music to come from a focus group you know exactly and i make a prediction and by the way uh i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to clip 10 here in a minute just to prepare you guys over there um I am gonna make a prediction. Five times August here in a couple of months, you're gonna be number one. It's gonna be a number one song. I'm telling you. Listen, I already know what you're capable of. You douche. I already know what you can do. <laughs> Pisses me off, dude. Well, oh man, I'm I mean, so, so excited. Freaking no. talented, both of you guys. I mean, my gosh, just the net worth of talent sitting on this couch right now pisses me off. But well. I like you anyway. Um, <laughs> you're all right too. I'm Jeff. telling you, it's coming, dude. I'm telling you, this whole thing. I'm so excited about what Based is doing. I'm excited about the project you're doing, Brad. I'm excited about things to come. And like this thing, it's one of those deals where when my creative juices get going, I just feel it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. But I want to play you guys a clip real quick because I think there's a song in this. <laughs> I, I think I think there's a like, – I, this guy is so eloquent. It doesn't rhyme, but this guy is so eloquent that I think that if we just added some meter and some time and and just put this thing together, it's basically written. Play clip 10. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the the jewel uh, kind of a uh, what? L- uh, law of the inflation uh, uh, bill what? that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Bridges yeah. all across America like it's this getting rebuilt. in there, right? Oh man, <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, you throw a little rhyme in that, and like mm-hmm. we just do a whole deal, the whole deal called uh, collapsed bridges. I'm Delegate- telling you, there's a broken heart in there. nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Clef Bridges is a good band name. I think that's the, it is. That's the it is. Band. It beats Man, the old one I had, the corn cob Man, Can you yeah. imagine, like, the, our enemies, uh-huh. our enemies looking at that, looking at mm-hmm. uh, those two people and knowing that this country's leaders yeah. could hide their own Easter eggs? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's crazy. That's why they don't have to attack us anymore, though. Is they can, they're just like, oh. We'll just stay here and let them do their thing. Because, That's true. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing we could do yeah. that they couldn't mess up worse. Right. No. Feminize <laughs> the men. Get everybody divided. Um, put this kind of gibberish out there. And then you actually have people defending a stroke victim saying, you shouldn't make fun of him. I feel sorry for the guy. I mean, I, I do, do that you're putting this guy up there. I mean, I get, okay, he's nervous. But someone said it was okay to put on a sweatshirt to mm. go have a press conference with the president of the yeah. United States of America. Yeah. Uh, how, how many people out there right now and, and that defend him would say, okay, um, 
you know, your kid needs to go across town. Let's let them drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many yeah. people would put either right. one of those behind the wheel? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's about substance at all. I think it's strictly about getting people to talk about it, just like we're doing. Like, that's his look now, right? Because people go, oh, he's wearing a sweatshirt. So we're going to talk about it. And so they're going to keep, you know, putting him in a sweatshirt because it gets us to talk. And unless he has a massive brain bleed and just drops out somewhere, they'll reelect this guy. When the time comes, they'll reelect him. Mm -hmm. Because, again, name recognition face recognition image recognition you're exactly right and it's it's his fashion it's a, <laughs> uh, well, well, did he, didn't he get like the the fashion uh yeah. like what was it it was like an the icon deal like, like an icon oh really yeah, oh, one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of the magazines t- named him like top yeah. 50 you know fashion wow. icons <laughs> Like, put whatever's on was, next to the bed. You're if, an icon. Oh my yeah. God, dude! If I put on a hoodie like that and basketball shorts and walked out, and you took a picture and posted it with me doing that on social media, they'd call me chicken legs and bird legs. Oh, I would not be a fashionista. I could tell you that. I mean, I'm barefooted today because I didn't take my relief factor all last week, and I've got a little swollen in my ankle there. But shut up, y'all. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Uh, I stay like this, Brandon. You have to put me down. Make sure you clean your guns. Hang on a second. Listen, by the way, if you're cleaning your guns, uh, it's a dirty job, but you got to do it. The patches are messy. They're inefficient. The rope cleaning elements like the boar snake use that two-color pattern on them, which sometimes hides the dirt when it comes through the barrel. That's not good enough. Fortunately, I found a better solution called Barrel Buddy. Those things are awesome. They compress to fill the interior of your gun's barrel, making sure to clean the rifling grooves. Come in seven different sizes. They match any caliber firearm you got. Barrel Buddy's composed of polymers that don't leave behind residual particles, so it's safer, too. So that's an amazing concept. It cleans by scrubbing, collecting particulate then absorbs any remaining residue. It buffs the interior surface clean. You can even lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning. Cleaning your guns, it's important. It's really important if you want to be a responsible gun owner. And Barrel Buddy is a totally new concept. Better way to take care of your firearms. So I need you to get some today. I guarantee you'll love them. I want you to go visit my friends at BarrelBuddy.com today. That's BarrelBuddy.com. We'll be right back. All right, before I show you something else that's going to blow your mind, Brad, you were on here not long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You, you still got you got the single out. Did you? Did I see you did some vinyl? I did some vinyl, yeah, Silent War. My album is on vinyl now. I got to get which, that. That's yeah, awesome. it's really exciting. I mean, that was a big deal for me because yeah. I grew up listening to records, even Love when that, records, dude. you know, people weren't listening to them, but they've come back, and um, uh, yeah, it's really exciting to have that. You can you, you you can order one at five times August. I'm going to. Com. I'm going to five times August. <laughs> with, with promo uh, promo code Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I spell it C H A D. Spell it Chad. Um, I'm going to show you guys the gayest thing you've seen. We we, oh, we we're starting a new okay. segment. We're starting a new I segment here. The We've got to put. <laughs> It's a great segue from your album. We're going to talk about... Uh, Speaking of your album, here's something really gay. We're going to go uh, from vinyl to latex. We're going to go... Um, we're doing a new segment. We don't have the animation finished for it yet. Uh, we got to get that. They were working on it in there in um, in the think tank. It's called the, the gayest shit you've ever seen. That's the new segment that we're going to do. And uh, play clip number one. 
Hello, in case you didn't know, oh, gay no. people are literally taking over the national park system. I just hope throw pride in Yosemite for the third year in a row. But this isn't a pride for visitors to the valley, this is a pride for the park employees. Of which, as you can see, there are literal hundreds of queer Yosemite employees. We danced, we marched, we celebrated, and we got wet. I am so proud of all the community organizers within the park system who are making safe space for queer people all year round. No planet, no pride. Mother Nature is a lesbian. <laughs> I'm so mad at you because I've seen that clip and I've been trying to avoid you watching to, it. Oh and I, you just made me watch it. So some of my guys at work for me, they sent me that clip this morning and I looked, he goes, they said, what do you want to do with this clip on social? I said, there's no kids in the clip. I don't really care. Because again, I don't, I don't care what you right. do. I don't care what you do. But I mean, I watch that. I get so turned on. I want to explode like a geyser. Mm -hmm. But I'm like... Uh, <laughs> I'm like, parks are gay anyway, hiking, all that stuff, animals. <laughs> I don't want to see nature. Nature's, what is it, Mother Nature's, what was it, a queen? Mother, I don't Mother know. Nature's what it is. a lesbian. Lesbian, sure. Um, <laughs> Didn't she know? Does Mother Nature, maybe Mother Nature needs to stop scissoring so much. Maybe the temperature will go down. It's 175 degrees in Texas. You know why? Friction. That's why Friction. it's so human. Yeah. It's so humid. It's so humid. There's so much moisture being generated. I uh, And it just, just burns up in the friction heat. Um, but I was like, no, there's no kids involved. I got no, I got no skin in the game on this thing. And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, yeah, tweet the video out. Just tweet it out. Mm -hmm. Because again, this, it's not, they want to just, again, I go back to this whole thing. It's like, oh, we just want to normalize it. You're not acting normal. You're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not acting normal. Right. No, there's nothing normal about that. No. And you hear commercial. the audio, you hear the yeah. voiceover of that thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. why you got to take it there? Yeah. Why do you have to take it we into the whole, wet. we got wet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we're not. Well, you don't have to do that. Say, hey, yeah. we're proud to celebrate Pride Month. We're out here hanging out. It's an event where you feel safe. You can come right. have fun with us. It's a great right. deal. And it's like, no, you can't just do that. Right. You got to dress up like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which mm -hmm. I just love. They had they celebrated them at Dodger Stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, gave a whole new meaning to bat and clean up here. Uh, play clip number 12 real quick. So this is uh, Dodger Stadium during the ceremony and there's 17 people in the stands nobody showed up for the sisters of perpetual indulgence um which if you've seen these people damn it's like why do you got to take it to that next level right, right. doesn't make sense but then you show outside play clip number 11 if, if you show outside then you know you literally have thousands of catholics which hey, kudos to them for doing that in los angeles right mm -hmm. i trust in you of Jesus, all the places, I Los Angeles, they showed up, Jesus, I trust and they're praying. Well, more Americans need to do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's Amen. why yeah. they keep shoving it. That's why that commercial was produced America's in that way. Right. Because we're not showing up well, to say you're right. that's ridiculous. And, and they want to create a, an uprising. They yeah. want something violent. They want a January 6th, right? Mm -hmm. they, they want something like that. But again, when you show up and you pray and you just, hey... And again, there were people out there who said, oh, the Dodgers didn't sell any tickets that night. No, it was a sold-out game. Mm -hmm. They just didn't show up for your gay ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I, I wonder, every time I see something like that, I wonder, why don't we have a Veterans Month? Yeah. The, right. Well, you, you know, Memorial it, Day. Why, um, we have one day. day. Yeah. And, and it's like you're talking about the people who died for this country. Yeah. Who, yeah. you know, and... Why don't we have a yeah. vet? If, if anybody's going to have a month, it yeah. needs to be them. 
celebrated. I had somebody yeah. when we posted the thing last week about the pride flag in between the American flag on the two flags on the um, on the White House. And they were like, they're just flags. No, they're not. No, that is the ultimate insult to me. They're just flags. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're not just flags. People literally died for what that flag represents. So, yeah, you know, that's the yep. thing that pisses me off. Yeah. Last year, I uh, after Pride Month, I just I changed my icon to the American. I was, you know, people were doing overlays of their their profile icon with the rainbow over it for June. Yeah. And so I just did, you know, red, white and blue and was like, it's American Pride Month now. So let's just be, um, yeah. you know, let's just do that for the whole month yeah. of July yeah. as a follow up. But you, but people just have to get up and, and start doing things like that. You know, they wouldn't have had a problem with all those Christians showing up to pray if it was led by a, a drag queen. You know, yeah. they would have been like, hooray, you know, yeah. we're being represented there. But yeah. because it was so subdued and calm and, you know, they got to blow it up to be something else yeah a whole well, bunch mother of nature's angry bigots came and whatever. mother nature's a lesbian <laughs> um that's that's my take how did you not know that this whole I, time i didn't know Golly. it i mean sometimes she you know acts like a pissed off woman but i mean i didn't know it <laughs> Total uh, lesbian. <laughs> if you're not following five times august on twitter you're missing out you are missing out that's true. That is I, true. It really yeah. is. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Your tweet responses to people. I, I, That's where I shine. I'm not yeah. bad on Facebook. I'm really good. But on Twitter, I'm envious of your responses. Well, I'm They're envious good. of you. See, here you can you can rattle and go. Yeah. I need time to, to craft my words and go, <laughs> yeah. what do I want to say here? And then that's 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 me doing my thing. But uh, yeah. Thanks. Well, I my foot. Well, it's swollen today, but usually fits right in my mouth because of the rattling off thing. Well, maybe that helped you today. You it know. helped me. Boy, it slowed me down, that's for sure. Um, we got to get out of here, go do some fun stuff. Um, based Records, is it basedrecords.com? Yes. Ba- yeah, I go to, it's basedrecords.com, and we got some really cool stuff. And, and you know, I want to say, too, that, man, Brad, as soon as as soon as I heard Brad, I become an instant fan Me too. of what he he does and what he what he stands for. And man, we're so excited yeah. to to get this stuff going. Yeah. And uh, you know, and go go check us out and get us on get on our newsletter and you'll yeah. you'll be informed. Yeah, and follow what's the, follow up. based records on Twitter as well. Stay yes. up to date because I promise you there's some fun things that are coming. And uh, I wanted you, you've met Brad. Brad's Brad's a veteran on this show at this point, but I wanted you to meet Chris and get to know him. So next time you're listening and crying to Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney, you'll know Kenny didn't write that. Chris Wallen wrote that. Okay. So hang tight. We're not done. We'll be right back. are out there googling chris wallen right now and he's not morgan wallen's uncle all right he's but chris wallen they don't even spell it the same way. Nope. so w-a-l-l-i-n if you're out there doing that google chris wallen and look at that discography that the word i don't even know pretty impressive and then of course uh, five times august brad schistimus which is the fun name to say it's like a perverted Christmas, but I, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like uh, John Fetterman trying to say Christmas. Oh my gosh, I would love to hear him say my last name. Oh my gosh, he just quit. amazing. So would Joe Biden? We just uh, yeah, like Joe Biden trying to recognize those Asian ladies that time. He's like Hen Han Wo Han. Uh, I think I got it. Yep. Not wow. Kidding, man. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just give up like he does. Yeah. 
Well, hey, go over to watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. Visit the new store, 76forever.com. But get on the tour page and see where I'm going to be. We're in Beaumont. Zach, rushing, and uh, old Jesse Payton's going to be with us for about 15 minutes there Saturday night. The Jefferson Theater, Beaumont, Texas. Tickets still remain, but they are going fast. It's going to be a big, fun crowd. And if you've never seen Zach rushing in person or seen his live show, come hang out with us this saturday night that's the 24th and then i'm bouncing all over the country so um it's a small town tour 23 there's only people that'll have me anymore but you know what you guys keep showing up and i'll keep coming out so head over there to watchchad.com and please do not forget to subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash chad and use promo code chad boys thanks for being on the show uh, let's go write some hits or do Heck something yeah. I, let me just watch y'all write hits okay <laughs> i'll just watch stay him tuned hit. we love you god bless you bye Thank you.